Hi, my name is Cindy. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from anxiety, control, and abuse. My story is one for a search of identity. Growing up, I had everything I needed. I went to decent schools, I had loving parents, we went to church on Sundays, we had big holiday gatherings with our extended family. When it came to God, my parents were divided. I would describe my mom as religious and my dad as disengaged. But to me, church was just another chore. It didn't really have much meaning. And God was a distant ideal with an anger problem. And while I was trying to figure out who I was without much guidance, the opinions around me started to influence what I believed about myself. And I have this memory of first grade, and this girl came up to me after recess and said, you're ugly, do you know that? And I was stunned and crushed. But as a seven-year-old little girl, I didn't think she would lie to me. And her words stuck with me and became a defining truth of my identity. In the face of what we would call bullying today, I found excelling at school to be the ultimate cover-up. My brother was getting suspended for fighting, but I was flying under the radar at home with a good report card. Meanwhile, turning to drugs and alcohol on the side. And at the same time, I developed an all-consuming eating disorder that would dictate my life well into college. I learned to manage the narrative at home, and I convinced everyone at school that I didn't care what they said or did by refusing to show any emotion. And college wasn't exactly my favorite time of life either. Insecurity took over. I thought that if I were thinner, people would like me. If I could be a part of every organization, I would be worthy. If I could keep up with the party, I would be accepted. But I never felt like enough. And when a guy I really liked asked me out, I was so excited. But after our date, he raped me. And I could control that narrative too by covering it up so I didn't have to admit that it happened. I got up, I got out, I got to class on time that morning. And ironically, all of these things that I thought I had control over were just controlling me. I was exhausted. But honestly, I don't even think I really realized at the time that anything was that wrong. I knew throwing up after eating or seeing how long I could go without food wasn't normal, but it became a normal part of how I lived. And the world has this way of convincing you of that, that things are normal when they're not. In the Gospel of John, there's a group of believers who tell Jesus they don't think their lives are really that bad. And Jesus says to them in John 8, 34, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. I was that slave, and I couldn't even see it. After college, I jumped into the tourism industry, and I spent the next four years traveling and living all over the world. I started to think I had it together. My eating disorder was behind me. Backpacker culture is super fun. And I didn't have to make deep relationships because everyone, including myself, moved on to the next place quickly. I defined myself by where I was and what I was doing. I created my own sense of who God was, one who didn't know me personally, but would look out for me as long as I was a good person. But this all came to a halt when my brother was diagnosed with cancer, and I came home to be a caregiver to him and support my family. 
my definition of a pretty good God was shattered through the next year of living in the hospital and watching him go through treatment. And on this exact day, April 5th, I held him in my arms as he died at 22 years old. And my definition of God went from a karmic rewarder to someone that hated me. And if I'm being honest, that feeling was mutual. Losing my brother, along with any semblance of faith, sent me on the run right back into the tourism industry. Coping along with alcohol and a few choice drugs, I soon found myself stuck in an abusive and codependent relationship, unsure of where to go. But the Lord stirred in my heart to ask for help in a local church of all places. It was one of those moments where after the service, they say, we're here to pray with you. And I remember walking up and all I could say was, I just need help. I don't know what's wrong. I was so lost and alone, I couldn't even articulate it. And if that's you tonight, this is your sign. Come down here after we're done and just say the same thing. I started to learn more about God through sermons and reading the Bible, but I was still entangled in this relationship that I was afraid to get out of. And I began reading through Colossians 1, 9 through 14 every day, which says we are to ask for the knowledge of God's will, not our own, and defines us as children of God. And before I knew it, a new couple moved to the area from Dallas, and they decided to start up Regen at the very little church I was attending. Hmm. My relationship dissolved, and that was a dumpster fire of sin on all sides. But God was giving me safe places to turn. And as I began to give my life over to him, he radically started to change it. I was not thrilled about Regen, but I kept showing up. And honestly, let's be real, I had nowhere to go. In the first three steps, I started to grasp that I could not earn or lose God's love. And by this point, I had heard the gospel clearly, but I hadn't put it together that my not-so-bad sin was a big deal to God. All of this relentless striving for grades, image, and acceptance proved I had no understanding of Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, which says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I still tell myself that every single day. I am not and cannot be perfect. I am a sinner, and I cannot earn God's love and acceptance no matter how much of myself I give. Jesus alone paid for my sin on the cross, and only through this act of true love can I have a relationship with God. Inventory forced me to admit that harm not only happened to me, but it altered my own thoughts and actions and led me to sin. We have such a narrow definition of sin, of addiction in this culture. It's drugs and alcohol and sex, but there are so many deeply seated patterns of behavior like pride and control. And we don't have to wait for those patterns to destroy our lives, to see them as indicators of places where we need to dig in and find out where they're coming from. Don't be afraid of inventory. Confession has been huge for me. Confession is where I finally got to be honest. 
It wasn't just about the sin I had committed, which, believe me, was plentiful, but I finally said out loud that over my life, I had been bullied, raped, and experienced a devastating loss. And there's so much freedom in living in the light. And Jesus says it best in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I didn't think these things could be redeemed, but I didn't know or understand just how powerful Jesus is. Y'all, he is magnificent. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. That's Hebrews 1.3. Jesus changed my life. Not me, not regen, Jesus. I wish you could have seen that little girl I talked about in the beginning, the one who defined herself by what other people said and believed God hated her. A different woman stands before you today. My old self was crucified with Jesus, and I have been set free from my sin. That doesn't mean that temptation and sin are not still a part of my life. It means that I continually give them over to God through a regular practice of inventory, confession, and repentance. And today, I'm able to recognize my self-narratives for what they are. Fear of rejection is still there, but it doesn't keep me from building new relationships. And I now honestly believe there are people who are trustworthy. God is trustworthy. Just like any physically harmful behavior, I still have to be acutely aware of when I'm starting to control food in any way. But I'm better equipped to identify that temptation. And by God's grace, food hasn't dominated my thoughts in over three years. I don't blame you if you don't believe me or if you don't understand what I'm talking about but I will encourage you and even challenge you to see for yourself what God will do if you surrender your life to him. In my old life, I was always looking for the next mountaintop, the highs of life. Living my life around faithfulness to God is so much harder, in all honesty. I can't just run away from my problems anymore. But giving my pain to God and trusting that his way is better has given me peace beyond anything I can describe in words. My name is Cindy, and I'm recovering from anxiety, control, and abuse. I am defined by who God says I am, his creation, his masterpiece, his daughter, his. And to him be all the glory.